I'm excited uh, for today. Um, we had a great first service. And as good as it was, I think second service is going to be even better because today is Baptism Sunday and we have nine in this service. So I'm excited. Can we celebrate the baptisms that are going to take place today? We're excited for what God is doing in the lives of his people. And I just want to share with you a few things about that as we kind of get used to our new name, Inspire Church, and what we're aspiring to be in that name. We're going to, we're going to be doing some things, not crazy things, but we're going to be doing some things to remind us uh, of, of that of that mission in our life. And so uh, one of the things I just want to let you know that uh, today marks the first time that we have baptisms as our new name, Inspire Church. And so we're going to start a new little tradition uh, that we don't have ready yet because we didn't know fully if we're going to be inspired yet. So we don't want to jump the gun too much, but uh, here in a few weeks, as soon as we can, back on that back wall that I'm looking at right there, there's going to be a big baptism wall. It's going to, you know, it's going to show life change. It's going to be kind of a mural kind of thing that will be something that will have every person that is baptized from today on out uh, Inspire Church. You're going to sign that. You're going to sign your name and so we can celebrate um, your life change. And so we're going to do that retroactively today. So you're getting baptized today. Know that that's going to take place. But there's a bigger reason beyond that. It's to remind us, church, of our mission. It's to remind us that every life matters. Every person counts. And we celebrate the one. We're, we're, we want one more people to know God loves them and receive God's love into their heart and into their life. And so our mission as a church, um, in the last eight years as your pastor, we've had uh, the most I've had in a year, we've had most in a year, has been 38 that were baptized. And I believe God's been laying on our hearts and my mind and our life. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, we celebrate that, absolutely. But I believe God wants to do more. Don't you believe God wants to do so much more? I mean, do we believe his word when he said, I am the God that can do exceedingly above what we could ask or imagine? So even what I'm gonna throw out to you here, I think God can do way more than this. But in this next year, starting today, we have 10 that are being baptized today. So it's one-tenth of the way there. I believe God wants us by this time next year to have 100 people baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're gonna see that happen with God. And this isn't to give pat ourselves on the back or tell us, this is, we're setting a goal that we can only reach because God has honored that goal. Because God has done that in the lives of his people. But his plan is to use us. His plan is to share. So those who got baptized today, other people invested their life in them, shared the love of God with them. And they in turn are getting baptized today. They now are gonna share that love with others. They're gonna find Jesus Christ and they're gonna get baptized. And it just goes on and on. And so um, I wanna share with you a couple things about our, our church and about where the direction that we're going. You'll see this more and more this next year and you're gonna get used to it. But invite, engage, identity, and impact that's that's our next steps for our church you want to know where you where you where you where to go on the next step in your journey well we first we want to invite people we want to invite people as pastor nate said to experience we want them to experience community we want to experience the community of the believers and we want them to do that by relationship you, you can't do this if you don't have relationship with people by the way good relationships with people people don't want to be a part of something that you know we're not inspiring them to to love uh, in the name of jesus and love god so we want to invite people to experience community so they can engage encounter god 
that they can engage and encounter God. And that, that word engage is not a misspell like Pastor Nate said, but it, it means to, to enter into a particular relationship or course of action. And that course of action here is relationship with Jesus Christ. To, to, to find him and then to find in that moment their identity in who they are in Christ. To find their purpose. God's made you on purpose for a purpose and we want everyone to discover what that purpose is. And then lastly, it leads to impact, which leads to impacting others through our serving, through our giving, through our loving. And then it just becomes a circle. It doesn't stop. We don't get here and we're done, uh, but we begin to impact other people. We begin to share God's love with others and they receive an invitation to, to engage in community. And then out of that community, they are introduced to Jesus Christ they engage in a relationship with him and then they find their true identity who God made them to be and then they begin to make an impact on others and then it's a circle then it just gets bigger and bigger that's how it's been going for the last 2,000 years since Jesus came and since he died on the cross that's how the church has advanced and the church has expanded and we're going to be we get to be a part of that and so we're excited about that and I just want to before I go to the message by the way this is neat we're not to the message yet this is all free, no charge, just, just a bonus, okay? Um, and this next part's just a bonus too before we get to the message. The last part is then we're called to make impact. And one of the ways that we make impact is we're a church that's generous. And, and we give because Jesus gave to us. And it's not something that we do, it's, it's who we are. God calls us, it's a life, it's, it's our life is to be generous. And we have our uh, Christmas offering come up. Who believes it's almost Christmas again? This is crazy. It's almost Christmas again. We have an annual Christmas offering and our, our offering uh, that we do, we do different things with it. It's above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings, but it's to kind of help us to make a difference and make an impact. But we're gonna do it differently this year. Last year, if you go out to the children's remodel, you'll see that a big chunk of that is being spent on that remodel for the children's. When people come to our church and they bring their kids, their first impression is an awesome impression. But this year, if we're going to be inspired church, we said, guys, we've got to do something different that we've never done before. So this year, our Christmas offering, we're giving 100% of it away. We're not keeping anything. We're not doing a remodel. We're not doing, there's things that need to be done around here, but we're not gonna keep it for ourselves. We're gonna give it away. There's some great organizations in our community that are doing awesome, great work. We wanna come alongside them and partner. We we're part of a denomination, the Nazarene Church, that does a great work in over 162 countries and uh, the 40, 50,000 churches around the world that we partner together with to accomplish this mission, to unleash compassion uh, in 162 plus countries, sharing the love of Jesus. Jesus so that they can find their purpose and find that God loves them. And then, um, so we're going to do the first 40,000 for that. The second 60,000, the goal of a hundred thousand is to unleash compassion in our community. Uh, you're familiar with the four fund. The four fund is what allows us to go out into our community and do great things in the name of Jesus, whether it's loving on our local schools, on our first responders, um, our serve days that we do. We'll have another serve day coming up this spring. We're actually, we shut down church on Sunday morning and we go be the church. We don't have church. We go be the church and we go out into our community and we do great things together, help our community, be good neighbors and do awesome things. And actually we do come together for church that night. We come and have a celebration service and we worship together. But that day we release you from church that morning to go out. And that's where some of that comes from is from the forefront. The Sleep Tight Foundation is a great organization in our town that I just became aware of. 
It's, um, we have, there's things that we just, I'm kind of blinded to and don't realize, but I've talked with some of you and there's a huge need um, in our community and schools in Reno County of young uh, kids going to school. And as soon as they get to school, they have to change clothes. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating because they have bed bugs in their home and their, their families don't have the money to get rid of those bed bugs. So there's this great organization in our Reno County called the Sleep Tight Foundation. Their goal is to have 500 people give $10 a month to raise $60,000 a year. We're gonna blow their socks off and we're gonna do one fourth of that goal. We're gonna do 25% of that goal and bless a great organization that's doing great things so kids can go to school, not be embarrassed, not being humiliated, because they get the bed bug problem taken care of and they can go with their head held up high. We just want to love on people. Canna Cook Scholarships, that's our kids' camps in the summer. So our young children in our community can have a great camp to find the love of Jesus. First Call for Help, uh, that is an organization in town that's doing an awesome job of when people are having struggle paying their bills, they're having uh, trouble keeping their lights on, they're having trouble with food, and we don't know their situation. They're well organized, we support them. We know the people, we have helping hands for people in our church. So we kind of know what's going on there. And we, you know, that's, we, that's where we try to help there. But people that we don't know and they drop by, all the churches in town, we work together and we're gonna give more than we've ever given this year to first call for help so we can uh, continue to bless this ministry. And then Open Door Health Services, 7,500. We're giving it all away. We're giving it all away this year because we want to be a community that if our church disappeared from the face of the earth tomorrow, people are gonna say, you know, we miss them. We're sad that they're not here anymore because they make our community better. They make our lives better and we do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's why we do it. Why do we do impact? Well, now to the message series. Now we're back. This is our second week. Why do we wanna make impact? Because we we don't wanna get stale. You wanna get stale? Just live your life for yourself. Don't think of anyone else. Just think about how everything impacts you. Uh, just, just live a selfish life. But if you're, we're not meant to become stale. We're meant to be fresh bread. We're meant to be tasteful. We're meant to be something. We're meant, as we talked about last week, salt in the earth. We're meant to, to add flavor in our community, in our neighbors. When we show up, people should say, we're glad they showed up. Our lives are better. We, we, things just smell better, taste better. We don't want to get stale. Uh, the writer of Hebrews is going to share it in a little bit different way today. I, I thought about the Dead Sea. I've never been to the Dead Sea. I'd love to go there someday. But we know that the de- Dead Sea, things die in it. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Uh, and the reason things die is because there's water flowing in, but there's not water flowing out. And we're meant to flow out, not just receive in. We're meant to receive the word of God and we're meant to share the word of God. We're meant to receive God's love and we're meant to share God's love. And if we just come to church and get this for ourselves and we don't share it with anyone else, then we become stale. We, be, we become something that isn't going to, to meant to be what we're meant to be. So we want to not be that dead sea. Anything that goes unused, um, anything that goes unattended, naturally, the course of things, they, it's not good. And, and it dies or it, it, it becomes stale. I, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Heather and I, we were just lazy. We didn't really have anything to eat that night. She was tired. I was tired after both our days at work. We didn't want to go out and get something and buy something. 
we need to go to the store. We didn't have, we had stuff, but there was nothing that we really, you know, you've been there. There's nothing really you want to eat. And it was like, do you want to go to the store? No. Do you want to go to the store? No. So it's like, well, let's just find something. I was like, you know what? For a rainy day, we brought those cereal boxes downstairs. Well, today's that rainy day. So let's go down and let's get one of those cereal. We had about six cereal boxes downstairs in storage. And so she went out and pulled out a couple. The boxes looked really good. They were clean, unopened, opened those up. And I was like, Heather, I'm not as hungry as you are. You go first. And so uh, she, she uh, tore into the cereal and she was like, uh, she goes, this, this says it expired like two years ago. And I'm like, it hasn't been opened. It's fine. It's just go ahead. You first. And, uh, and, and she opened it up. She's at the cereal. And she's like, this is nasty. This tastes terrible. Here, try some. I'm like, I trust you. I don't need to taste it. I, you're my wife. I've lived with you 25 years. I trust you. And she's like, no, taste this. So I tasted it. It was awful. I mean, there's an expiration date for these things for a reason because when they're not used, it's cereals meant to be purchased and then eaten. It's not meant to stay on the shelf for two years because it goes bad. And friends, we're not meant to stay on the shelves either. We're meant to be used for God's glory. We're meant to, there's a purpose for our lives. And so this goes for anything in life. I mean, if you walked away from your home today and just left it there a year from now, how much decay would have taken place just because you, you walked away from it. If your car, if you just left your car in the garage and never pulled it out and, and never drove your car, it's not gonna operate well. It's not gonna work well. It's, it's gonna, it, it's just, it's natural. It's the same thing in, in our lives, in our relationships. If it left, our, our relationships left unattended, they become stale. And, and we naturally, uh, and you know, in our, that's our spiritual life too. We become stale or what the writer of the Hebrew says and I love how he says it in a little bit different way. Uh, first of all, the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who it is. You know, two thirds of the New Testament, we can attribute to the apostle Paul. We can attribute what Peter wrote, what James wrote, what John wrote. Hebrews is the, kind of the one book in the New Testament that we really don't know who the author is. But we can make some guesses of who it is. But what we do know is we can kind of get a sense for what the author is about. And the way that Hebrews was written it was written like it was a message, like it had been first been preached and then it had been recorded and put on paper for everyone to be able to hear. It was, it was like a pastor was preaching this and then they recorded his words. And chapter two, verse one, if you wanna sum up the 13 chapters, I think that are in Hebrews, if you wanna sum it up, verse one is what it's really all about. He says, we must... We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. It's a different thing for stale, that we do not drift. Uh, the, the author didn't want us to drift. And honestly, as this, I believe this author was probably a pastor, at least he had a pastor's heart. And I began to think about his job and his responsibilities. I thought, what's my job? What's my responsibility? And I think my responsibility in all scripture could be summed up in Hebrews chapter two, verse one. I mean, this is at least a big part of it is that I don't wanna see the church drift. I don't wanna see you drift. And I don't wanna see me drift because I'm not preaching this message like this is you and this is me. I'm sharing what the writer of Hebrews shares is the human condition that left to ourselves, we tend to get stale. Left to ourselves, we tend to drift. I tend to drift. 
I tend, uh, left unto myself, I tend to get stale. We're all prone to get stale. We're prone to drift. And so he says in chapter two, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore. Whenever you see therefore, we have to ask the question, what's it there for? It's there because of chapter one. And he's preaching this message and he starts off in this message preaching chapter one and he shares this great news, this good news that in the past, this is verse one, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors, ancestors, excuse me, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. This is what we're gonna get ready to celebrate Christmas. God showed up. Jesus showed up in the flesh. It was God in a bod. I mean, there God showed up. And before we had the prophets and maybe the angels spoke through and spoke a word to the prophets and the prophets spoke. That's how God spoke for about 4,000 years. But then, then along came Jesus, the son of God who was with them 2,000 years ago. He was with them and he's saying, guys, he's been with us. He's here. And we got something so much better than a word spoken by a prophet or a preacher. We have God himself. We have the son of God whom he appointed heir of all things and through him also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. He's like, guys, this is really good news. We've seen God. We've seen God. God showed up. He came, and it's the, if we've seen Jesus, we've seen God. We've seen the exact representation of who God is through Jesus Christ. After he provided purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name as he has inherited is superior to theirs. He's sharing this good news about the supremacy of Christ, that he's greater than the prophets who came before him, He's superior to the angels. He is supreme. And chapter one is just sharing this. He, the, the, the preacher opens up with good news, this great news. And he gives a, a gospel. He shares about this gospel of grace and this gospel of grace that we don't deserve. This gospel gave the grace that's been given to us. Grace is, that's what grace is. It's something we haven't earned. It's something we don't deserve. It's something that's given to us. It's the presents we put around our our Christmas trees with our children. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. I know we have the Santa Claus naughty and nice thing, but it doesn't matter if they're naughty and nice. They get gifts at Christmas, whether they deserve it or not. It's a gospel of grace. It's a gospel that Jesus um, came to save those who could not save themselves. We don't hide behind anything other than we need a savior. We need Jesus. And we need his grace. So there's this gospel of grace in chapter one and there's this gospel of the kingdom. If you wanna know what the Bible's about from front to back, it's about kingdom. It's about kingdoms and kings. All throughout scripture, there's even a couple of books that are written, first Kings, second Kings. Samuel's about the kings that were in charge. It's, it's about kingdoms and kings, but the ultimate is that Jesus came to bring his kingdom. And he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's sharing all of this in chapter one, this awesome gospel of grace, this this awesome gospel of the kingdom. In fact, those who are getting baptized today, they're getting baptized into this gospel of grace that Jesus loves them 
that he died on the cross for their sins, that he rose again, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, a future with him, that they would be part of the gospel of the kingdom. That they're, when, they, when they are professing, when they go in the water, they're saying, hey, I'm, I'm part of the kingdom of God now. I have a new king. I have a new authority in my life. I'm giving, it's a humble place to accept the gospel of grace and the gospel of, of the kingdom. But there's also the gospel of, of warning found in chapter two. So the good news by the preacher shared in chapter one, chapter two comes with a gospel of grace of warning. And to warn is actually being loving. You don't tell your kids, just go touch the stove and see how it fits, you know. No, when they're little, you tell them don't touch the stove because you're warning them that bad things can happen and you're wanting to protect them. And the preacher here is giving us a warning. And if I'm honest, I like chapter one a lot better than chapter two. I love to share the grace of God. I love to share the love of God. I, I love to share that good and great news. But there's the grace of the, of the warning, the kingdom of warning, the gospel of the warning. That he's saying, hey, there's, there's something to, to watch out for. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, meaning the Old Testament, his people, the Jews, they were gonna receive their just reward for their actions. And he's saying, if they're gonna receive justice by the law, how much more are we gonna be responsible for rejecting the good news that God loves us? For rejecting the good news that Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins? How much more are we missing out because we reject the good news? And it's tough. Again, I like to share the grace of God. I don't like to share so much the justice and the judgment of God. Now there's an element that we like justice. We want God to administer justice to some of the terrible travesties and evil in our world. We want him to set the record straight. We want him to act upon his justice, but we don't want justice. We don't want fairness. Well, we kind of want fairness. We want fairness when it comes to others, but we have two options when it comes to the kingdom of God. We can choose fairness or we can choose forgiveness because we are given what's been fair. And I know people, there's people, and this is kind of a good argument, but I think it can be broken down. There's a good argument out there saying, you know, if God's a just God, because we believe in the scriptures, and I love to preach about heaven, I do not like to preach about hell. I grew up with hell. I grew up a lot with fire and brimstone and the punishment and hell. And, and there's a part that I don't like preaching that because I heard a lot of that, but we can bend so far over to the other side of grace that we're not doing anybody a favor by not, and I'm not being a good pastor. I'm not doing you any favors by not warning us too that there's the gospel of grace, there's the gospel of kingdom, but there's also the gospel of warning that friends, if we don't, Listen to God. If we don't accept his forgiveness, we're gonna receive what we're due. We're gonna receive fairness. That all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. At the judgment, it says that each person will receive what they are due. We're gonna get what we have coming. And I don't know about you, but I don't want what's have co- what I have coming. We can balance it out and you can go through this philosophy of if I just do way more good than I do bad, then you know it's all gonna pan out and it's gonna be, no. 
compared to a holy God, we fall short of his glory. We, we've messed it up. And, and if we're going to get fairness, and I know there's some people that say, but you know, I, I just can't follow a God that's going to send someone to hell. And, and there's a couple of problems I have with that. One is we get what we deserve. But the other part of that is God doesn't want us to get what we deserve. We can want fairness. We don't want fairness. We want forgiveness. God said in Ezekiel that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he wants everyone to repent and turn to God. He's not willing that any should die and uh, be apart from him, that all should repent and all should come to him. So we have an option. We can say, I want fairness. And if we're gonna get fairness, we're just gonna get what we deserve. The wages of sin is death. Or we can choose forgiveness, which the gift of God is eternal life. And the gift of his forgiveness is he forgives us instantaneously when we believe, when we ask, Christ forgives us. That's what we're celebrating in our baptism today. How can we ignore such a great salvation? Well, how do we drift? How do we drift? Well, there's this thing that in my world, I have um, gotten really used to these red flags. I have an oldest daughter that lives in Florida. She moved there about two years ago. And uh, there's some lessons I've learned in that. Uh, One is when she moved there, she only lives 15 minutes from the beach. She can go there anytime that she wants. And when she moved there, a lot of Floridians around her said, oh, you'll never go. We never go. You'll get used to it. You'll never go. And she was like, I don't want to get used to it. I just think it's so beautiful. I think it's so awesome. I don't want to get used to it. And so someone uh, said, you know what? If you don't want to get used to it, every time you go to the beach, get a shell, get a shell and take it home with you. I just talked to her this morning because I was curious how many shells she's had in the last two years. She's at 99 shells. One more time and she goes, she's gone to the beach 100 times. And and she didn't want to lose sight of the beauty of God and, and where she gets the opportunity to live. And so she's, I know this is this part that we, we can't lose sight of what we've been given, what God's given us, what he's the salvation that he's given us, the, the, the forgiveness, the offer that he's given to us. And I don't want to lose sight of that there is a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. And there's these warning flags. And I, so I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Let me slow down. I'm kind of getting too excited. Okay. When I get excited, I talk fast and my brain goes faster than my mouth. And then we kind of get in a problem. Reagan, there's three articles that I will send her constantly, just trying to be a good, helpful dad. I will send her articles about shark attacks. I will send her articles about alligators because she has ponds in her apartment complex that say, watch out. And I will send her articles about riptides and undertow. Three things that basically I'm just trying to scare the children. It's what good dads do sometimes. We just want to scare the children. So I don't want her to go into the ocean deeper than her ankle. But I know she's going to. So I also send her articles about jellyfish. I've been starting to send those. And then also about uh, stingrays. And because they're right there at the front. So anyway, I, 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 we, the heart of a father is we want to protect our kids. We don't want them to be hurt in any way, shape or form. And 
I've learned something about the ocean when we've gone there and we've visited her. I've seen that the, the lifeguard station, there's these red flag warnings and yellow warnings or green, which means it's okay. Everything's safe. Everything's good. But on the red flag or the yellow flag, yellow means, hey, we'll, we'll proceed with caution into the water. Red flag says, be very careful because there's these riptides and you can't see them under the water. You can be out there just enjoying yourself. And if you're not paying attention and if you're not heeding the warning, if you're not giving heed to this, you, you might find yourself a hundred feet out and you can't swim against that current to come back. You have to go down the shore and swim in, but you just better not to get there and get in trouble to begin with. And I, I think in the same way that God has given us red flag warnings. He's given us yellow flag warnings. And I think he's also given us a lot of green light. He wants to set us free. He wants us to walk in freedom. That's for another message. That's for another day. I'm here to share about the warnings. And the first is the red flag warning that God gives us. It says, don't reject me. There are those today that are just flat out rejecting God. They're rejecting Jesus Christ. They're rejecting his salvation. They're, 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 they may be good. They may be okay people. But they're just, they're rejecting God in every way, shape and form. And I don't think there's probably that many people in the room today. There's some people here today that you're in the red flag. You're rejecting God. You're choosing. You've, you've received the good news. You heard that God sent his only son to die on a cross for your, your sins, that he rose again, that if you believe in him, you can have everlasting life and live forever with him. But you choose to reject it. You choose to thumb, put your thumb in that and send your no, thumb your nose at that and say, no, I won't have a part of it. That's not for me. It can be for you, but that's not for me. You are in the red flag warning if that's you. And you're flat out rejecting the warnings that God wants to give you, not out of spite, but out of love. He wants to call you back to himself. And I think there's those, but I think there's a lot of us that it's more subtle. It's the yellow flag warnings. It's not that we've rejected God. It's just that we're prone to drifting. We're prone to not paying attention. It's, it's who we are. It's what we do. We're prone to drift. We're, we're prone to not pay attention. And we get distracted and divided. Jesus talked about it when he said this parable. He said, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is ready. But they also, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke and an oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married and I can't come. And the servant came back and, and reported to his ma and this to his master. And the owner of the house, the master became angry. And he ordered the servant, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the road and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. God wants to invite everyone to the party. Everyone's invited. 
He's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any should walk away from him. He's inviting everyone. But when those in this parable rejected that invitation, he says, go out and find others. I want my house to be full. I want to have a big party. I want to have lots of people in my family. And I just, I would, I don't want you to quit until you've gone after every last one. But there are consequences for those who flat out continue to reject. You're not going to be a part. And for those who ignore the yellow flag warnings and just continue to drift away, you're not going to be a part. You see, drifting is our default setting. It's who I am. It's who we are. You want to know how I know that? I'll just give you a few practical things. I was so proud. You heard. I'm bragging. You, you heard about how I started training in April and ran the Chicago Marathon in October, the 1st of October. Ask me how many times I've run since. Thank you for that. It's a rhetorical question, but I'll still answer it. Um, <laughs> twice. And the only time, reason I ran the second one is because I did it Friday and I knew I was preaching this message. I was like, I don't want to look like a complete loser, like I completely dropped off. So I ran again on Friday just to get another one in. It, it's, it's our default setting. A couple years ago, Stephanie, my uh, dental hygienist, she may be yours, she goes to our church and she scared the living daylights out of me. She basically made me feel like I was going to lose my teeth that I have is going to have gum disease and my, I mean, everything was going to fall apart and it can lead to other stuff. And there's a lot of other things that not taking care of your teeth can lead to. Anyway, I left there and I was like, I'm flossing. I've been brushing my teeth all my life, but I'm going to floss. I made that decision a couple years ago and I flossed every single day, but then I began to drift. And I didn't floss as much. Then I knew this message was coming. I flossed every day this week. Because I knew I was preaching to you on Sunday. Our default is drift. And I'm talking about things that are physical. But spiritually, we're prone to drift. So the, what's, the, what's the answer to that? The antidote to drifting is deliberate, deliberate and intentional steps. That we begin to take deliberate and intentional steps. Because if we don't, our natural, we're prone to, our natural default setting is to drift. It's to get stale. It's to fall away. So it's something that we have to fight against. And this is the way that we do it. Take a step in your journey with Jesus. Take a next step in your journey with Jesus. Or take the next step in your journey with Jesus. I'm not saying run 26.2 miles. I'm saying get out the door and take a walk. I'm not saying floss for a year. I'm saying floss today. And I'm not even talking about these things. That's, those things don't matter. Our physical, it's gonna go away. Our spiritual is gonna last forever. I'm talking about take a step towards Jesus. And we're all at different places in our journey in today. Some of you here today, you came because you're invited by someone else and you're like, uh, I'm only coming because I get a free lunch after church today. If I don't come, I don't get the free lunch. And so, and that's okay. If that's the reason that you're here, that's, that's awesome. But I'm gonna encourage you if, if that's you, let's say this is your first time here. Here's, here's, your, here's a good next step. Give us three Sundays. Give us three Sundays. Because it takes three Sundays to kind of figure out what, what everything's about and understand the culture. I mean, you think about when you asked someone out, you usually gave them more than one time. This didn't work completely because you don't always. I mean, sometimes after the first date, you say, we're done, that's it, we're good. But you wouldn't have married your wife or your husband if you'd just given it one date. 
You got to know him. You gave it some time. Get to know us. Give it some time. Understand our culture. Give God an opportunity to work and work in your life and act in your life. Maybe it's to take the next step that we're seeing nine people baptized because they're taking that next step in their faith today. And maybe you're sitting here going, you know what? I haven't taken that step of faith. We have one of ours that are getting baptized today who's been a part of our church for 40 years. And praise God, he's making that step in his journey today to get baptized. And that's awesome. Maybe that's you. And I was in the first service, I said, you might think I'm too old. I'm not gonna get in that tank and be baptized because I'll never get up. We'll just pour some water on you. It's just a symbol. It doesn't matter how it's done. It's just a symbol of what's already taken place inside your heart, but it's going public with your faith. It's declaring that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. And, 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 and it's making that, maybe it's, it's uh, to, to participate in worship and not just be a spectator. As Pastor Nate kind of challenged us today, not just to come and be spectators, but to begin to really worship. And I love our kids are coming in right now because we do baptism together. We celebrate as a family. So just try to keep your attention as best you can as you're still. Take your next step in your journey with Jesus. Maybe that's for you as, you know, you accepted the challenge in early January to give God the first 15 minutes of your day. But what do we do? We drift. Give God the first 15 again. Take that step back towards him. I, I believe this with all my heart that we're either, uh, we're taking a step back or we're taking a step towards. Each of us are either drifting away from Jesus through our n- neglect or we're glowing closer through our deliberate and intentional steps. This isn't rejecting God. This is neglecting God. This, this is just not being intentional. Take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Take your next step. Maybe your next step is to serve. Be part of our kids' ministry. Make an impact on our kids. Maybe it's to be a greeter or, or to be someone that welcomes people to church. Maybe it's to, to, to serve. Maybe it's to give. Maybe that Christmas offering came up, the idea, and you're like, wow, I can give to a church that's gonna give it all away. Maybe you wanna be a part of the Christmas offering and you wanna do some great things and maybe that's your next step. I don't, I'm not trying to tell you what your next step is, but let God work in your life and don't try to, Run 26.2 miles in your faith or in your journey. Just take the next step. Take the next step that's gonna take you closer to God because you're either drawing closer to him or you're walking away from him. You say, well, I'm just standing steady and standing still. I'm I'm holding my, my ground. No, you're drifting. You're either gonna drift and take steps away or you're taking steps towards. Whatever it is, let God take that next step in your journey with Jesus today. I'm gonna invite you to stand because we're gonna get ready to celebrate and party. We celebrate around here our baptisms. I'm gonna invite those who are getting baptized to go over to this wall with your, anybody that wants to go up there with you and celebrate with you. I'm also gonna ask you, this is hard, but I'm gonna ask you to get in order if you can take this with you because we're gonna try to baptize you in order um, here today. Is that what we're doing? Where's Christy? We're doing the order that's on here. Okay, so we're doing the order that's on here and we have one extra that's gonna be in between there because we had someone else wanna get baptized. We had a problem today. We have so many getting baptized that Pastor Dustin's like, I don't know if I have enough music to get us through the baptisms. What a great problem to have. What a great problem to have. So we'll get it all figured out. But if you get on that side of the wall, we're gonna baptize in a moment. But I wanna give you an opportunity to take a step today because maybe 
your step is to give your life to Jesus Christ today. You haven't done that yet. You haven't taken that step. But kids, everyone, I need your attention just for a moment. If I can have your attention just for a moment, because this is, this is serious business. The next step that you can take in your journey with God is to give your life to Jesus Christ. And that is just by confessing your, the scripture says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're a child of God. You're forgiven, you're made his. So we do this each week. We're gonna share a prayer so you don't have to share it alone, but I'm gonna pray a prayer out loud. Kids, can you help me pray this prayer out loud? We're gonna pray this prayer out loud and this may be your first time to pray this today, taking a step to Jesus. Would you repeat after me, Lord Jesus? I know I'm a sinner that you are the savior of the world. I ask you to come into my life. I repent of my sins. I accept you as Lord and savior as my God and my friend in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Amen.